The University of North Carolina announced Monday that 13 Tar Heel football players will be suspended for some portion of the 2018 season. But exactly how much of an impact will this have on Larry Fedora's football program? It's August 7th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. A baker's dozen of North Carolina football players will miss some portion of the 2018 football season, but which players and how many games? Well, it's pretty complicated. Ross Martin of Inside Carolina was on the scene for UNC's Monday evening press conference to address the suspensions. Ross, first of all, what did these 13 young men do to run afoul of the NCAA? They uh, they schooled the Jordan shoes they were given in the offseason, these retro three Jordans. That they only handed out 150 shoes only to North Carolina players. They're only available for you know football players and staff, and a couple players or 13 players sold these to dealers or directly to uh, certain individuals who sold them for more, and they got caught. They got busted. Um, and UNC found out about this through a social media post, self-reported the secondary violation, and the the suspensions came down today. So. 13 players will miss uh, varying degrees of, of time based on the monetary value of the shoes they sold. And that's that. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't all starters. It was only two starters and then a lot of reserves and backups. So the hit is not really as bad as it sounds to, to like UNC's fortunes for the 2018 season. So who are some of the key players whose losses will be heavily felt uh, by this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's these two defensive ends, the starting defensive ends, Taman Fox, a pretty, pretty highly rated player who started the majority of last season. And then Malik Carney, who was, who's a senior, um, probably UNC's best defensive player, had five and a half sacks left last season, 12 tackles for a loss. They'll miss both those guys. But what's weird and kind of unique is that they're staggering the, the suspensions of those two players. So they'll miss different games. They did this because they requested to the NCAA that they get kind of like a – you know, a safety hardship kind of deal where there's so many players in that position who are being suspended. They requested they stagger those. So it really plays to UNC's favor that Taman Fox and Malik Carney won't miss the same same game. So they'll each miss four games, but they'll all be different games. UNC had a bit of a quarterback battle going on this offseason with Chaz Surratt being part of the 13 players suspended here. Does this effectively resolve that argument? Yeah, I mean, they were competing. It was a pretty, you know, balanced competition. I think Nathan Elliott kind of had the head uh, heads up kind of going into training camp, and he was running with the ones as well. And this essentially, like you said, ends that competition. Larry Fedora named Nathan Elliott the starter. Um, Nathan Elliott played in three games last season to close the year and won two of those three games. He's a junior at Texas, so he's going to be the starter. Fedora came out and said it today, you know, three weeks from the opener, which is unusual because Larry Fedora loves to kind of drag it on until like the last week. Um, but yeah, Chester had a very talented guy out of North Carolina um, who committed to Duke first and then UNC uh, later on. He will miss the four games and that kind of takes him out of the running. So expect Elliott to, to get the first snap against Cal, September 1st. Looking at North Carolina's schedule and 
kind of thinking that if you're a UNC fan, you're hoping that this will be a bounce back year from a pretty disappointing 2017 campaign. And looking at these first four games where these suspensions, and I know they're staggered, but you'd think the first four would be where the impact of this would be most heavily felt. You've got three games that I would probably classify as something close to a toss up uh, at California and then UCF and Pittsburgh with assuming a win against East Carolina. Uh, on September 8th. I mean, how much does this change the margin of error for North Carolina uh, in this first stretch of the season here? Yeah, I, I don't think it really changes too much. I mean, they're going to miss that, those defensive ends for, for one of those defensive ends for those games. Both those guys play against Cal. So the Cal game, they're obviously putting you know everything into that game to win that game. Um, like you said, I think Cal, UCF, Pitt are winnable games. They are kind of toss-ups. I think they could easily lose those three, those three games. And I think East Carolina is also a tough matchup. It's kind of like East Carolina's Super Bowl. We don't know how good they're going to be. We don't know how good Carolina's going to be. And, of course, playing in Greenville on September 8th will be a, a very tough game for the Tar Heels. I, I do think they're going to be favored and should win that game, but you never know with, with college players. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I think just in 13 sounds crazy. But I think the fact that it's only one or two starters and the rest are legitimate kind of reserves who weren't going to play anywhere anyway doesn't really change much. So I think UNC could go 3-1, they could go 2-2, two and two, they could go 1-3 and three to kind of start the season. But kind of broad scheme with UNC's schedule, those four games are so important because um, they are winnable. And now that UNC does have a little more adversity, they come a little more harder and those are the games that UNC would love to, to at least get three wins out of those, three out of the four, to move into a tougher part of the schedule. And uh, it just puts more focus on those contests. A few national pundits use today's news as an opportunity to kind of sound off on their perception of the Larry Fedora tenure and how much rope he might have at this point uh you know it's it's kind of crazy to think about him starting his seventh year in chapel hill hill here uh last year was an obvious stinker but pretty solid up until that point and not that far removed from an appearance in the acc title game uh how much is the pressure truly on him at this point and does this today's news and maybe uh, some weird comments at acc media day a couple weeks ago how how much has this stretch of weeks changed if at all uh whether or not he's on the hot seat yeah i don't think what happened today with suspensions i mean it's not his fault i mean they, he did everything he's supposed to do with teaching the players that they can't sell the shoes and you know they go through all the protocols and then the acu day of stuff i mean it was kind of blue hardy and it was unnecessary but i don't think that has anything to do with the job security i think it will come down to to wins on the field and they're coming off a really rough three and nine season I'm sitting here in team football stadium looking at the field, and it was a pretty miserable year last year with so many injuries. I think this year is huge, but I think he gets two full years to kind of prove himself. The buyout is huge. He's not yet fired out this year, and let's say win only one game or two games or, or maybe three games. Then you start talking about that. But, you know, four, five, six wins, I think he keeps his job building to next year. 2019, which kind of that would be the year to kind of determine, you know, which direction this this team and program is going. If they win five, six games, that's turning up. They come back for next year. They have a lot of upperclassmen. It'll be seniors 2019. They win more of that, and it's you know everything is looking good. So I think he has two full years to kind of prove himself. Um, this will be the first year he's recruiting without the NCAA cloud. 
Um, so that's going to, you would think that helps recruiting and, and things will turn up on that side. So that is my take, but definitely if you talk to fans, um, they'll have a different opinion. And what opinion is that? <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of fans don't want to be there. Uh, I think they, they, they just, the three nine season was so bad. I think they think the offense is kind of fluky. You never have a, a really good defense. So I think a lot of fans are on the hot seat, but I think if you know what you're talking about and you're, you talk with the AD and, and realize kind of what he's gone through here, uh, having to recruit underneath that cloud, and the fact that he is two seasons removed from 11 and three, um, producing a, a lot of info draft picks and winning eight games with Mitch Trubisky, I think he's shown he knows how to coach and recruit, and that the three and nine season is more of a fluke than what is you know the mainstay here in Chapel Hill. Ross Martin covers UNC football and basketball for Inside Carolina. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Martin underscore IC. Thanks, Ross. Anytime, Connor. There's a new episode of The Morning Blitz every weekday. And now that fall practice has started, I'm no longer lying to you when I say that. So we'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow morning, breaking down the biggest college football stories of the day, all in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 